putting our treasure where our heart is. And as we consider this, today we come to the conclusion, and we're talking about putting first things first. We've been journeying for this month through Matthew 6, the exact middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and we've looked at the middle, the core of Jesus' core teachings, how he's focused largely on two things, on prayer and on generosity, and saying these two things are crucial in your life if you're going to put God where God needs to be in every area of, of your life. And then Jesus concludes Matthew 6 with an extended meditation on worry and anxiety. Almost, almost like he knew we would be here 2,000 years later, living in what some people call the age of anxiety. I think if we could go back in time and ask those ancient people, they would say, don't think so highly of yourself. We had problems too. We, we, we had issues also. And if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with worry, sometimes we hear things from the Bible and the message that comes across is simply, well, stop it. Well, well don't worry ab about that. Not helpful, right? Not helpful. So easy to say, so impossible to do. It's almost for some of us like say, well, just don't breathe. Just, just hold your breath. You'll, you'll be fine. No, how, how do you actually not do that? Well, I want to tell you something today. We're, we're going to, in a moment, read this extended meditation by Jesus on worry and anxiety. And I want to tell you, Jesus actually says you can worry. Jesus actually, contrary to popular opinion, says you can worry. Now, some of you are like, hallelujah, I'm done. No, no you can't leave yet. You, you, you have to stay for the rest of the sermon. First of all, it's rude to walk out. Uh, <laughs> But secondly, you'll get it wrong. There's a wrong way to worry. There's a right way to worry. I want you to know the right way. And this is actually the key to conquering anxiety. Only worry about things worth worrying about. Only worry about things worth worrying about. That is the key to conquering anxiety. And once again, some of you right now are thinking, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Did you spend tens of thousands of dollars in seminary to learn that? Congratu congratulations. It's simple. It's obvious. But we've got to be reminded. And we've got to learn how to do it. Because most of us, myself included, at many moments in our lives are no good at it. Dr. Ann O'Connor is one of our counselors here at the our church counseling center. And she was speaking and sharing about worry and anxiety. When she does, she makes a helpful distinction. She says, anxiety is a feeling. It's a feeling that is often caused by outward circumstances. Something happens, we're not sure. We get this feeling, this, this emotion in, inside of us. Worry, on the other hand, is an intentional thought process. Worry is how we think when we experience the emotion of anxiety. And some of us experience that emotion more often and at different events than others of us. And that's just how we're born and how we're wired and we're created in God's image. So that's not all bad. Anxiety is this feeling. Worship is our thought process, how we manage it. Now, 
I want to remind you when we talk about how we need to think about worry that we are not entirely rational creatures who make logical decisions. That's not who we are. We are raving emotional lunatics who occasionally have the ability to apply reason. Raving emotional lunatics who occasion, occasionally have the ability to apply reason. That, that's who we are. That's why we act the, the way we act because of that. So, as, as we go through this, we, we want to remember that, that often we experience these huge emotions and we struggle to know what to do with them or to, to have the resources in place. It's kind of like a parent who has a child and one of our parents had a child there having a meltdown and they said, you know, they're a little person with big emotions. And often that, often that is the case in life. It's often, that's often the case for us in how God sees us. That, oh, oh yeah, you know, Joe, ah, he's a big guy. He's a little guy with some big emotions. That's, that's kind of how, how we all are. So we want to learn from God how to think through this, how our thought process should be when we're tempted to worry. That's why we encourage you to read the Bible every day, to begin with God's wisdom and guidance for you to pray, to begin with learning from God how to think through these things. You can find our Bible reading plan at concordunited.org Bible. You can also there find a daily devotion that can help you through this. Now we want to jump in to Matthew 6, verses 25. Excuse me just a moment. Okay, now I'm not going to worry about that anymore. <laughs> Mike, that's how you make the best of a bad moment in the pulpit. Just in case you're wondering, that's, that's, how, that's how you do it. I know. We, so Matthew 5, 26 through, uh, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Did you hear that? Did you hear what Jesus said there? Jesus identifies only one thing worth worrying about. He says, there, there, he says, don't worry, but then he says, there's one thing you can worry about that's seeking the kingdom of God today. 
right? He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added unto you. He, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries of its own. Worry about seeking the kingdom of God today. That's the only thing you have permission to worry about from Jesus. That, according to Jesus, is the key to conquering anxiety. Because Jesus understands that our attention, what we are focused on, is a vacuum. You will always be focused on something, even if that something is trying to focus on nothing. You will stress yourself out trying to relax and focus on nothing. Even when we have these people in our lives who sometimes come across as space cadets and you wonder, are, are you a million miles away? They're a million miles away. They, they truly are, but they're focused on whatever it is that's a million miles away. Your attention, will, you will always have something within your attention. And Jesus understood that he could not just say, don't, don't worry and leave it at that. Because once you quit worrying, you will then focus your attention somewhere else. And if you don't know where to focus that attention, that worry is going to come ru rushing right back in. And because you put it off and you didn't deal with it, when it comes back in, it's going to be worse than it was to begin with. You must focus on something. Jesus says that is seeking the kingdom of God today. What does it look like to live as a Christian today? What does it look like to trust God with today? What does it look like to live with peace in my spirit today? Not with peace in my life. There are external circumstances. I can't always control if there is peace in my life. But what does it look like to walk through conflict with a peaceful spirit? Focus on that today. But what happens is often we are concerned about the future. And we're so concerned about the future that the future has this oppressive heaviness to us. And we struggle to make decisions and we struggle to live with joy and with peace because there's this oppressive heaviness from the future that we can't get past. And every time we make a decision, we don't ultimately know the outcome of it. And we wonder, what, what, what are we going to do? Well, when, when we look at this, it's kind of like if you've ever worked out and lifted weights. Uh, if, if you watch young men in the gym, young men often have this tendency sometimes to try and lift more weight uh, than they're able to do. And if you have ever placed yourself under a weightlifting bar and ha held that bar above you and realized this is heavier than I can push back up, it's a bad feeling. Because you wonder, is it going to crush me? I once talked to a trainer, and the trainer said, do you know what the most important piece of equipment in this gym is? I, I, I didn't know. I, I, I said, I, you know, the treadmill, I don't know. He said, no, a spotter, right? A spotter is the most important piece of equipment in this gym because when you have a spotter, you are capable of attempting things that you don't know if you have the strength to do or not. And you can attempt those things and you can do so safely because you, you have that person. And he says one of the reasons many people don't achieve their fitness goals is because they never actually see what they can do 
because they don't have someone there to help them if it doesn't go well. And this prevents them from growing and, and getting stronger. Now, Haley, in addition to being a world-class musician, is also a personal trainer. Haley, physiologically, I don't actually know if that's true. I'm hoping it's true for the sake of this sermon. <laughs> but if you don't have someone there to help, you, you can't ever really exert, exert yourself. And in this life, if you don't know there's someone there that's going to help you when things get too heavy for you, you walk around this life without the peace and the joy for, for which we were created. And you walk around this life not truly able to exert yourself and in the Christian faith and love as Jesus loved us because this life's just too heavy. It's just too heavy. And here's what you need to know. Here's the foundational theological truth that is at the basis of everything Jesus teaches about not worrying. He, and that is that every future outcome is in God's hands. Every one of them. Not a few of them. Not a couple big ticket items. Every single future outcome is in God's hands, not yours. The future belongs to God. It does not belong to you. All we have is this moment and how we will serve God and how we will seek God in this moment. And when we recognize that and we recognize that the future being in God's hands is actually a good thing because God will take better care of it, then we're able to love and enjoy and appreciate the moments that God gives us. This is a hard piece of wisdom to learn. It's an even harder one to live out. One time I was in the car with a man and we were rapidly driving to the hospital. His wife had just had a catastrophic health event at a rather young age. She was being airlifted. He was an EMT and he knew too much. He, he knew too much about why they'd been treating her the way they were treating her. Uh, and he asked if I would ride along with him in, in the car uh, to keep him calm as, as we went. And he began to talk about what was important in these moments when they got her to the hospital. And I asked him a question, and I can't remember exactly how I worded it. But what I said was something to do with future long-term prognosis. And he said, we don't ask those questions now. We, we don't talk about that. That's not what our focus needs to be. Our focus is just now, what we can do now for her, how we can get her the best care right now for today. In the midst of a crisis, he was ministering to a minister. He was sharing wisdom from the gospel. That if you focus on seeking the kingdom of God today, we're told God will add everything else unto you. Does that mean you'll, you'll win the lottery and the sun will always shine and it will never rain in your life? No, it, it doesn't mean that. It means everything else you need, God will provide. And maybe what it means is that God's already providing everything you need and you'll learn how to receive, receive that. Uh, there are just some things we have to do, and we can't always know the ultimate outcome. If you've been a parent, you know this. Uh, you, you, sometimes you can see your child, 
and they're four years old and they have a temper tantrum and you're thinking they'll never go to college and they'll never get married, right? What, what, what's going on? That's not what you need to be focused on uh, right, right now. So, but sometimes we get so worried. I remember one time my mother, God bless her soul for putting up with me. I was in high school and I came home and I, I came home and I showed her and I'd written an essay and I'd gotten an A in, in my English, English class. And she asked for a, a parent appointment with my English teacher. I never remember my parents talking to a coach or a teacher at my high school, never inserting themselves other than maybe a handshake at a public event. And she asked for a parent-teacher conference with my English teacher. My English teacher invited her to, to stop by, and she said, Miss Cantrell, it's not usual that I have conferences with parents whose students have an A. And my mother said, that's my problem. This essay is C material. He will never learn if you grade him like this. And that English teacher said, Mrs. Cantrell, he's 15 and he's a boy. <laughs> we need to understand the material we're working with right now. And trust me, he will get it. It will come, I promise you. Thankfully, she learned. Two years later, 17 years old, first time in my life I dealt with what I'd call big people anxiety. First time I had to make decisions for myself, large, largely left to, to me on my own that I knew would play a major role in guiding the future direction of my life. And it just seemed too heavy. It just seemed too heavy. And I can remember my mother pulling me aside and saying, all I expect of you right now is to be a 17-year-old young man. I don't expect you to be 21. I don't expect you to to be 30. I don't expect you to know how to do all this. I just expect you to be 17 and do your best and God will take care of the rest. That's all I expect of you. All we're expected of is doing what we can do today. That's it. That's all. A few months ago, I was talking with a member of the church. He's caring for his wife right now. Uh, who's battling dementia and she's not able to be there for him obviously as she has through, throughout her life she was one of those people uh, she was the glue that held the family together uh, she was the one who organized the family reunions she was the one who made sure the birthday cards went out even to the cousins you most almost never see uh, she, she was the one who made sure that the Sunday school class at church had their regular get-togethers and that everyone was invited. She was that person. Uh, she was that person who smoothed his rough edges, uh, who uh, talked him down when he got too worked up, who helped him see things from another perspective. And now he, he spends every day caring for her, uh, but she's not. She's not who she was. And talking to him, he simply said, this is heavy. This is the heaviest thing I've ever carried in my life. 
He said, I, a couple weeks ago, I wasn't sure I could keep carrying this. I wasn't sure I could keep going to the facility each day. And then he said, and then I decided I'm just going to care for her today. And tomorrow I'm going to care for her. And I'm not going to think anymore about the fact that she's not going to get better. I'm going to think about the fact that I have the chance to care for her today. Every future outcome's in God's hands. It's not, it's not in ours. And here's the other thing you need to know. You are in God's hands. And God will never let you go. If God was going to let you go, he would have done so before he sent his son to the cross. He would have done so before he paid such a high price. God is not going to let you go now. Remember Philippians verse 1 chapter or verse yes, chapter 1 verse 6. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion. He has got the world in his hands and he has got you in his hands. And he will not let go. He has not. He has no intention to. And there is no power in this world that can make him let go. Sometimes we just have to be reminded, right? He's got the whole world. He's got the little bitty babies. He's got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, sister. He's got the mamas and the papas. He's got the whole world. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for having the whole world and us in your hands. Help us to worry about seeking you and your kingdom today and trusting you and your love with every outcome of our futures. For we know that you desire what is good for us more than we do, and you know what is good for us more than we do. So hear us as we place all we have and all we are in your hands. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.